Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 2 Peter. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. You may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing our study of the second epistle general of Peter. We're in chapter 3, the final chapter of this letter. The epistles we find in the New Testament are certainly shorter than most of the books of the Old Testament. Whether the epistle is written by James, or whether it's a prophecy of Jude, or whether it be an epistle of Peter or of Paul, we find it's still shorter than most of the Old Testament books. Now, I realize the minor prophets are short, uh, but the major prophets, so-called, are quite lengthy for the most part, uh, as is Genesis and Leviticus and Exodus and Deuteronomy, etc. So in the Psalms, of course, you have 150 Psalms. The 119th Psalm being the longest chapter in the Bible. 117th being the shortest chapter in the Bible. But you get the picture. There's a, there's a lot of words. Uh, there are many words that are given to us throughout Scripture. And in this epistle of Second Peter, there are few words. But the words that are given are important. And in this third chapter of Second Peter, we are studying about Christ's second coming. And Peter wanted them to know that Christ was coming back and coming back in a time soon that they would be uh, not expecting him, but they should be expecting him. Uh, and... Uh, the scoffers are mentioned there in uh, verse 3 and 4. Those are mockers who walk after their own desires, their own lusts, and they say, where's the promise of Christ coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, everything has continued from creation. Well, of course, it has not continued the same as from creation. We read there the story of Noah and the flood in our last session showing that there certainly was something that was different before the flood than after the flood. And so things have not just continued as they were from the time of creation. And so we know that, and the promise of his coming is the promise of the more sure word of prophecy. Let's begin at verse 5 in this session. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the word that then was, being overflowed with water, this is the world, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men." Now, before we go any further and see what Peter says to us about one day being a million years, and a, or excuse me, a thousand years, and a thousand years being as one day, uh, let's talk about this 
thing of their willing ignorance. We note that scoffers, whether they claim to be Christians or not, whether they know anything about the Word of God or not, these who would misinterpret and uh, uh, try to in some way uh, scoff or mock at the Word of God, uh, these people are ignorant, and they are so uh, they are ignorant willingly. In other words, they have decided to be absolutely not understanding and knowing of anything of importance. They are um, the the vernacular would say they're stupid, but that's not true. They are ignorant. They have the capacity of knowing the truth. They have the ability to know the truth because God gave the truth in his word and anyone that can read can read the word of God. God does not keep people from reading the word of God and he does not keep people from understanding the plain words of the word of God. And so they're not stupid. They have the ability to read the word. They have the ability to even understand the word to a certain degree, but they are willingly ignorant they refuse to believe that there was a great flood. They refuse to believe there were eight persons that were saved, with Noah being the righteous one that the Lord said he found grace in his eyes. These false teachers and false prophets and ignoramuses are just that, willingly ignorant. They're not stupid, but they are ignoramuses. They are ignorant that by the word of God we know that the heavens, how they were created, how the water was created, how the earth was created, and how that the flood came. Now in verse 7, Peter goes on to say, But the heavens and earth which are now, these are different than what they were. They've been reformed and reshaped by the events. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word are kept in store, by God's word are kept in reserve, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. It's not going to be flood the next time. In fact, when you read about the flood and you read the account of the flood and you read God's word concerning the flood, not some man's idea, not some Hollywood representation, very foolish as it may be, but you read the truth, the word of God. What you find is that after the flood, God said, I will never again destroy the world by flood. And he set the rainbow in the clouds as a sign. And every time you see a rainbow, the sign is given to us that God will keep his promise. His promise is that there will be no Second, destruction of the world by a great flood. The next time the world is destroyed, it'll be destroyed by fire. You say, wait a minute, you had me happy there for a minute. There's not going to be a second worldwide flood. But you, you sort of curb my enthusiasm when you tell me that the world will be destroyed by fire. Well, that's what Peter is saying here in verse 7. I think it's interesting that when we see the tsunamis, we see the uh, hurricanes, earthquakes, maladies, tornadoes, um, etc., 
We see the torrents of rain. We see the flooding that goes on on a local scale and a regional scale. And we look at that and think how catastrophic it is. Just extend that to the truth of a worldwide flood that only eight human beings were rescued, were saved. Hmm. And now the same heaven and earth uh, in their remade form are kept in storage, as it were, ready to be burned because of the judgment of God and because of that judgment and justice falling on ungodly human beings. Now these are willingly ignorant, verse 5, but verse 8, Peter says, But beloved, you be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years as one day. It's a question of timekeeping, and the Lord is not slack, is not lazy, is not uh, with a slack hand concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do not think that God's mercy, his long-suffering, his love is to be counted as lacking a desire for justice. No, the promise is the promise, and God will keep the promise. Verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, that is, all these earthly temporal things that we have around us are going to be burned up, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of the Lord, the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. What manner of persons ought ye to be? How should you then live, is the question. How should you live knowing that judgment is coming upon this earth? Peter warns there in verses 3 through 7 that the last days of the church age, I believe we're there, the last days of the church age will have mockers ridiculing the very promise of Christ's second coming. Peter went on to say that the arguments will be based on the supposedly unchanging elements since creation. But they failed to take account, of course, of the flood in Noah's day. And so the description of the judgments that are coming, that are given here in uh, summary form in Second Peter chapter 3, are found in Revelation uh, chapters 17 through 19. Revelation chapter 17 
through 19. Turn there if you have the opportunity. If you don't, just listen carefully. I'm going to read it to you. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. The inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said to me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come, and when he cometh he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and they shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest in that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth, and after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. The earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils, and the hold for every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, and be ye not partakers of her sins, that, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double." 
how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which are made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by the sea stood afar off. And when and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of the harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever crafty be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all the nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth and with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen. Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, 
for the God, the Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, We are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve him.